and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, we watch Stagecoach, directed by John Ford, starring John Wayne and a bunch of other people who don't really matter as much as John Wayne. Um, I am joined today by Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Well, yeehaw, the window's open and I hope you didn't hear that car. Well, it's all right because it was a little stuffy in here yeah, because we warm. are in person today. We are. And we're also filming with, well, not filming. We're also recording with your Tim special Smith. host, Timothy Smith, the homeless guy. How's yes. it going? Thanks for, thanks for whatever's <laughs> happening right here. <laughs> You're it's welcome. so it's so different when it's in person. Like I can interrupt. We're not going to have weird lag out issues or any problems. I don't know if the audio is going to translate as well, but I think I'm, it's fine. I think I think. Well, first of all, this room is pretty sound dampened, yeah. also because we're like right underneath my mattress and like um, you know surrounded by you know, blankets and stuff. <laughs> people didn't know that you slept <laughs> on like or a loft style bed. We're underneath we're my just, mattress. We're just hiding underneath there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Crouch no, down. I yeah, I have my couch is underneath my my loft bed, um which is nice because, you know, I get a little more uh space in my room. I can like sit down, but It's very cozy feeling. Like a, Yeah, no, like definitely. a winter cabin. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I like I like how my room is set up. I guess that doesn't really matter, but uh anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, this is about <laughs> movies. Cameron's the expert, uh Tim is the homeless guy and what? I'm the guy that doesn't know anything about movies. So uh, what have we been watching? I, like I, I don't mean to take the throne here, but we got to get back on track here. <laughs> so, um, oh man, I've been also not watching anything this week. I feel so disconnected from from media and the world. I don't know. It's been it's been weird. I've been trying to get back into Ghost of Tsushima, mm. um, which you know, speaking of the Western theme, like Ghost Ghosts is a pretty Western game. I would say it's like yeah. very inspired by Kurosawa and you know all, all those things. But um, like I, yeah, I've been trying to get back into it. Um, haven't really been making too much progress. So like slowly chipping away. Um, and as far as movies go, I mean, I've just been watching nothing. It's been it's been kind of sad. Did I tell you I watched Inside Lewin Davis last week? That was the only thing I watched. No, no, we didn't mention it last. You kind of mentioned so. it during the movie as we were watching, and you mentioned something. Yeah, I for, I forgot to mention it, um, but I did watch Inside Lewin Davis um, a couple weeks ago. Um, man, for, that for movie. The first time? No, second time. Um, I I find that movie so depressing and and not very good. So I, I liked it better than I than I did when I watched it um, when it first came out, but. Oh, man, I just that movie kind of bothers me. <laughs> I don't so, really know anything about it, so it's yeah. cold and depressing. But risk, rip to Oscar Isaac's career after Star Wars because he had a thing going. <laughs> but I mean, I I think his career is still fine. No, it's, it's still, fine. It's still, it's, doing, just, it's still doing all right. He's making know. his money. I don't blame him. Yeah, I like Oscar Isaacs. Yeah. I think he's good. Yeah, he's Guatemalan. So there we go. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Tim, what have you been yeah. watching? A couple of things. I was talking to Isaac on the way here. I watched Top Gun for the first time a couple of days ago. Mm. Goose. And then the same movie, not same movies, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, If You Goodman for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yesterday with my dad. And so that was really good. I was, and so I guess we're, I'm on Tom Cruise kicks. On I next, guess so, yeah. On excellent. Did you, you should get back into the Mission Impossible movies because they're fantastic. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. I saw the third one, Ghost Protocol. 
I've only seen the fourth two. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've yeah. seen the third three and Ghost Protocol. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I love um, I love five and six. I think I think honestly, since four, they've just get, been getting better and better. Like right. they're so good. I'm, I'm a sure. big I'm a big fan of five. I, I think yeah. the scene with the opera is just I'm, it's it, wonderful. It just sticks really with you. Good. It's really and and even like there's that odd CGI heist in the water vault. I like Simon Pegg's role. The motorcycle chase is awesome. And I don't quite... Was that six? No. I don't think it's six. I think it's all five. The mo- Rogue the, Nation. Yeah. And the, the ending... Wa- the water stuff? Yeah. is Rogue Nation. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And there's the ending in London and like mm. the the Wesker in the car, car. In the car. Yes. Uh, garage. Yeah. Uh... Or is that six? I think they all Carter, kind of blur together at this point. I just know that six has the helicopter scene with Tom Cruise and he breaks his foot Which on the motorcycle. Amazing. There is yeah. a motorcycle scene in six. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, no, five is my favorite by far. I think it's the most engaging. Um, I don't know. Six didn't catch me the same way. I love six. I think, I don't know. I think, I honestly, like, since four, they've all been, like, bang on, like, yeah. so good. I um, think three is still pretty good. Three is, three is good, Hoffman. too. He's um, the best he, villain. He's a great, he's a great villain. Um, adds a lot of depth. Um, yeah, for sure. But three is still a little bit, like, it's, like, another tier down from, like, how crazy it gets in, like, the later movies, you okay. know? Like, there's something about the the stunts that happens in the in the last, like, three that are... Insane. Um, just, like, in another level, I think, but... Uh, okay. Yeah, I just thought Six was a little over the top. They were, like, punching through walls and bathroom stalls and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. Just... I love when, when Henry Calville recocks his, <laughs> his fist. His gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. stupid. So uh, stupid. But it's good. And, like, yeah, it's... it's it's stupidly good though. Like mm. that's that's what I love about it. It's like it's like hyper aware, but like not in a way that like the Fast and Furious movies are. You know, right. it's like yeah. it's like it's like yeah, we're gonna be like total action stars. You know, like we're this is it. You know, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. I'm sure I'm sure I'll watch all the rest. Yeah, yeah, this you week. should. I recommend. The new one's on. I guess recording still. Mm. So yeah, the, yeah, I think they're making it. Right he had now. that famous greed last year when he blew up on his cast. Right, right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, this week I haven't watched much. I actually had some time with my siblings last night, and we watched Jennifer's Body um, mm-hmm. again. It was recommended per Jules actually, who has found some like I don't know, like just some connection with it. There's a lot of she's in music. So there's a lot of people referencing it strangely in music. And we were talking about this on the commentary track. Like, Jennifer's Body seems to be one of those, like, cult classic films that just continues to grow in popularity as it as it gets older. Um, but I, I found my sister's response a little bit, like, stressful. Like, I wanted her to enjoy it. I wanted her to just embrace the absurdity, mm. the provocativeness. Uh, it's it's really out there, um, and I I didn't remember how out there it was till I started watching it. From like they they re- like there's that scene where um, Needy and uh, uh, you know Jennifer they start making out on the bed, but it's like just for so long. Yeah, like I did not realize how <laughs> yeah. long it is. And then there's even like a like a breaking on the fourth wall where Needy's like, "What is happening? You know, like what is even going on right now?" Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. the filmmakers are having a lot of fun like being raunchy and out there. And and I I just still think it's such a creative environment to comment on the female experience in high school. And that was Jules's big takeaway. She's like, I love how it shows the relationship between a toxic friendship 
uh, in high school, all in the backbone of this absurd plot about demon, you know, yeah, sacrifice yeah, yeah. and all this crazy horror thing. So I don't know. It was it was fun to revisit. That was one of the gems. I, thank you to our Patreons, who, who I'm sure I'm going to be shilling for you guys to join our community there. But um, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty interesting how that movie has kind of. Um, not even just in our own minds and in our own podcast, but, uh, it's kind of had a resurgence and, um, I've seen it pop up weirdly, like in, mm-hmm. in different places lately. Um, I've never seen it. So I think you'd like it too. What, what channel is it on? Like what streaming? Um, we rented we it. We probably rented it. It's on yeah. Prime probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I, it, it is weird because like, it wasn't one that I would have thought, um, you would have liked that much yeah. or remembered that much. So, so it's interesting that it's, it's come up again. I think it's just so fun. I mean, like there's the part where they're, there's a part where they're going to like sacrifice uh, Jennifer to the devil, right? The Which band. is a great sequence. All that sequence Super from stressful. the, from the, the bar into, yeah. the, you know, that, there, there, that there's part. an explanation, spoiler alert, right? There's an explanation of, of what's happening, but the band, the band's banter about sacrificing uh, like first of all, they're all like arguing if she's a virgin or not, and then and then they they talk about uh like they start like breaking out into like Jenny, I got your number, like that eighty <laughs> song, like so, so such like a juxtaposition, like the entire film is just weird, uncomfortable, yeah. and you don't even know what's happening half the time. But yeah. I just I think it has that Scott Pilgrim versus the World energy. Mm. It's just it's having a lot of fun with itself, and I think a lot of people want to go into that film expecting something and it shatters expectations. I think that's why I respect it. Mm. I, I really think that's what um, surprised me. Not in it. I think because it's breaking your expectations in a fun light, I enjoy it. Right. Whereas right, right. if it was breaking your expectations in a different way, I would not be so apologetic for its its absurdity. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, nevertheless, this is Cinema Spectator. We talk about movies, and you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get access to a commentary track each month. This month, or last month's commentary track, because you'll be hearing this in July now, uh, is on the movie we're reviewing today, Stagecoach. We also commentate over a film called The Great Train Robbery, right? Yes. Uh, 1903, which we'll... We'll talk about that yeah. today. Yeah. Um, so if you want access to that, just at a dollar level... Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Get other benefits like getting your questions read on air. All that good stuff. You can check it out. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. We get it. Just give us a rating. Tell friends and family. That's how the show grows. Tim, what do you want to say? You're raising your hand. It's Two not questions. a classroom. Can I have an air question for you guys? Yeah. Sure. Tim yeah. is one of our patrons. Somehow he scrounged enough street dimes to pay for his... Yeah, thanks for the free money, people. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, um, what movie do you think is going to be the the highest grossing this year due to COVID mm. and how much do you think COVID affected theaters? Um, which has been, which has been talked about a lot last year. Well, since last year. I guess I'll do, I'll, I'll do the, the second question first. Um, I think theaters have been probably irrevocably damaged by COVID um, just like many other businesses. Um, so, you know, it's not surprising that, that, you know, I've found that that theaters have closed down recently um, in my area, although to be fair, um, there's a theater really near me that has just opened up. So um, it's interesting to see how the landscape is kind of changing. Um, I would say probably some of the more urban theaters are going to close. Um, you're not going to see 
you know, huge move or you're not going to see huge movie theaters as much um, in in, you know, different areas. It's going to move towards the cities. Um, and I I would say streaming is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to go away. The twenty dollar, you know, uh, you buy a movie for twenty dollars or you rent a movie for twenty dollars. Um, that's going to be the standard for a while. Like Disney um, Plus. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's going to change change very soon um i think that's also going to damage um theaters still it's going to take away from their their market cap um i don't think theaters are ever going to die completely but i would say they're definitely going to get smaller definitely going to get more niche um and you know i think i think you've seen that recently um and and you're going to continue to see that and and i think probably consumers for the most part it's me sorry it's oh you're fun. good um <laughs> everybody checked um i think theaters for the most part um you know they're always going to be a little bit of a more niche option although to be fair um Twenty dollars is a lot for for a rental movie, and I know a lot of people who are saying like, "Oh, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna rent that for twenty bucks. Like, I'm gonna go. I would rather just pay like twelve dollars for the theater." So, who knows? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but um, I think it's. I think twenty bucks is probably gonna be the standard for going on, and um, you know, we'll see. Well, I wanna I wanna get back to the highest grossing film because I'd like to comment. Yeah, about you it. can. I, you, I, yeah, answer. I mean, like, just from studying economics and whatnot, I can't say I have, like, a full in-depth knowledge, but from what I understand, a lot of films or big, big, like, box office pictures seem to have an energy around them where it was, like, event-oriented, right? You go to see Star Wars, it's, like, this event, you know? You go to see the new Marvel film, it's, like, this event that you're participating in. The the first film I got to see since COVID was Fast and Furious 9, and it wasn't a sold-out theater, but it was definitely event oriented right. in, in some regard. And so it seems like theaters are adapting and evolving to a position where they can offer that experience outside of the house, which the theaters were pretty bustling when I was there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people are going there to experience movies in the same light. I don't know if the films that you enjoy, Cameron, like kind of the art house films, have a place in a theater unless the theater is oriented towards an event in that capacity. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. Black Where, Willow uh, or Fast what, Fast 9. Yeah. I mean like the av- like the AMC that I went to or whatever. Like they're obviously aimed for those big budget movies that are going to be event for the, you know, casual movie watchers, right? Whereas I think smaller theaters if they're going to exist are going to go for I mean, they might tap into a little bit of that stuff, but they're going to go for an experience that's different and still event oriented. It's I don't know, like, it's interesting because you. I really thought that theaters were going to die. I don't know if you've been following AMC's stock, uh, stock price at all, but it has. Not really. it, it was down to two dollars at the beginning of this year. Yeah, it's yeah. currently at fifty. Yeah, right. At least of of the time we're recording this, massive spike in returns. Right, and it's. I don't think it's necessarily that like. It's because AMC is really doing anything that different, but there is a surge of this vacation energy. Right now on the market, right? I think that's sort of pretty. I don't want to go like too long into right, this because right, right. there's like so much we could talk about. But like, there's there's a predictable nature of that. There's going to be a bounce back. But the fact that you can stream a film day and day in your home is always going to be a knock on on the 
the sort of theater experience, I think. Um, and there's always going to be a section of the market who's going to be like, I don't care. I don't want to go to the theaters. Mm, yeah. You know? So it's like, it's like, that's what I'm saying is like, that's, that's here to stay. That's go not going to change. And that's going to be a, a probably a damaging section of, of theaters. That's just going to sort of whittle away at them. What I'm curious though, is that maybe theaters don't make as much money, but maybe Hollywood will somehow recoup more in this process for some reason, like well, this, probably, this idea, yeah. of, like, I feel like it's just going to be, better for the consumer to get in front of that screen and pay money to see their movies when they really didn't deserve the, or they couldn't have they couldn't even seen that chance if they were released in a theaters only environment right yeah yeah go ahead tim what are you okay. gonna say? quick question um one quick follow-up what about the small like a24 do they would they benefit more for streaming because they get charged more or is it better for them to have exposure in theaters no they're going to benefit more from theaters um right. definitely but they're going to i would say they're probably gearing towards um getting a lot of their movies especially the movies that they just purchased so the way that a24 works and the way that annapurna works you know these smaller production companies they're not actually production companies they are they buy films they buy films that are at um that are at festivals a lot of the times not always but a lot of times um and so they're probably gearing towards selling them to places like Amazon, selling them to places like Netflix to stream just for free. Um, and so that is good for them because they make a purchase um, and then they get an immediate return instead of betting on sort of the higher return that, that a theater might, might, you know, retrieve for them. Mm -hmm. It's like an almost uh, one for one transaction. Um, whereas, you know, maybe they pump a bunch of money into a film and then it flops. Um, you know, like there's, that's a little bit more risky for them. So I think they're probably going to move towards selling their smaller things towards Netflix, towards Amazon. And then, you know, they get big names, so they'll put those in theaters for sure um and then at the same time like they have a track history of of They've releasing some of their solid films films on on you know streaming right away and in theaters so mm -hmm. i don't know um they're they're in an interesting marketplace but i would say for the biggest companies um they're gonna bet on they they had to make a, a tough decision this year or last year um where you know we got to sell our movies that we're sitting on so we're going to put them on streaming for 20 bucks and hope people buy it um and i think that's going to continue to be the the case i would okay. say peter so. rabbit 2 finally in theater go watch it <laughs> you know james I mean? corden now playing what about biggest film cuz i want to i want to talk about that for a second so i would say that there's not really so as much as this movie or this year is stacked i think actually that works against all of the movies because um, there are so many blockbuster type movies that are coming out this year. You know, you think about Black Widow, you think the about Eternals, Fast 9, you Dune. Think, yeah, and then I would say probably, I don't know if Dune has the biggest chance, but Dune is the one that people have been waiting for for a long time, mm. that there's, there's sort of this... Um, there's this almost like a clout to, you know, yeah. people know Dune. It's a, it's a popular franchise sort of. Um, I, I feel like it's, that's going to be a flop kind of. I, 
It's going to be amazing. I think it's either going to be a, a knockout hit or a flop. I think there's there's literally yeah. just a flip of the coin. It could be either. So yeah. um, I'm not saying that it's going to be the biggest of the year, but if it if it is a success, it's going to be the biggest of the year. If it's not a success, it's it's gonna yeah. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be Black Widow if it's not Dune. Um, That's maybe. My guess. I mean, is isn't that happening right now? July 9th. I'm not. I'm not oh, really sure. Soon, next, yeah, yeah, okay. next week. So, so I saw a behind I the know. scenes that had it kind of pitched as Marvel's um, version of Mission Impossible. Like That's what I heard. All live stunts, like very. From the initial reviews, it's pretty solid. Yeah. All right. We'll and see. I mean, the Florence Pugh's an amazing add to the Marvel universe. Yeah, I mean, I I like Florence Pugh. Um, I think for me, I don't know if this is the general audience's conception, but after you know. Infinity War and Endgame, I think people were pretty much tapped out, I guess. I agree. Because, I, I mean, I stand in that that stance. But for me, like, I don't really care about Black Widow, but there's something about it where it's like it's not trying to build into another universe. It's basically like standalone. It's supposed to happen in the past. Black Widow's already uh, dead c- in the lore. Civil War. Right? It's like, she, like that movie is supposed to be like a one-and-done action film. And so just yeah. as like someone who enjoy some Marvel films. I know that they're not going to have the stupid... I mean, I'm sure they're going to have a stupid teaser, but like a, a, a post-credit Crazy. scene. Sure, sure. Um, I just... There's a part of me that's like, well, I can go and enjoy that and not commit to another 18 films for the second MCU timeline. Like, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm done with that. But they're you know? trying to build it like that. But I, I, think, I think with, like, the TV shows, from what I can gauge, and this is very limited, I haven't watched any of them, so take my word with a grain of salt but from what i've gauged people are kind of meh on all of them and so like i think with that there's there comes a little bit of oversaturation there comes a little bit of like eh, i don't really care like remember when like ant-man and like uh uh that what was the doctor strange doctor strange like they like there was a run of films where like people were kind of just meh on and like nobody went and saw those movies so so not nobody but like they didn't perform as well as their their other movies so and that's a hard part especially for the the new phase with the tv shows yeah i haven't been uh, isaac knows because i've been texting him throughout the whole year about different shows but loki's been the hardest and i realized that it's not so much a show but so far, there, there doesn't seem to be an objective, like a next phase. Yeah. And so there's very in limbo. Like, so what am I expecting? And so in that sense, it seems like they're just going for the sake of going without, yeah. without telling me the objective. It definitely feels like they're trying to find a way to define why they should even keep making them. Yeah. And and that's really, I mean, we need to, we need to jump off this subject, but I, I think, you I would know, s- I was going to say that this is kind of a perfect segue into what we're going, but keep going. I mean, it, it like Loki basically, n- not to be full spoilers, but the premise is like, well, there is a timeline, but we're going to explore direction that lets us do anything well, in any direction that possible. Like there, it's, it's multiverse. It's, yeah. It's trying very hard to basically say we're going to make crazy decisions, but also find no consequence in making those decisions because that's too complicated exactly. for the normal audience. Well, you know, as of now, he's dead. Episode three. Uh, spoilers. Well, thanks for saying that and then saying spoiler alert. <laughs> Owen Wilson is dead as well. <laughs> he's episode three. So, but they come back. <laughs> why? I have I'm sure he comes the back. First, like, why? <laughs> I'm just asking you. Can we go on? Can we just start oh, sorry, episode the, four? When we talk Loki's about the movie? Dead. He gets zapped and <laughs> 
but he pops up at the end. Credits. How many times has Loki died in this in the MCU? Like, does it even matter? Like the show says, countless times he's lost count. Let's just all right. Anyways, back to John Ford. Well, what I was gonna say is this kind of segues really interestingly into the Western genre, and I want to to kind of bridge this gap. I I think it's funny that we're talking about superhero movies because, for me, the comparison is pretty one to one in a lot of ways. In that superhero movies were basically the 21st century version of the Western in that people in the 20th century couldn't get their hands on enough Westerns. They wanted more. They wanted, you know, bigger, better action movies. Um, And we got to sample a couple of the earlier ones. And then we'll go into later in, in, you know, in this month, we'll go into sort of where the Western evolved into and how it changed with the, the times and changed with sort of the modern way of thinking. And what's really interesting about uh, comparing these two for me is that um, there is um, so much in the, the early Western era that is like kind of campy, tropey, um, a little bit sort of in the, um, a little bit sort of cheesy, but really heartfelt and really, um, thrilling in some ways um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy and <laughs> and I think I think part of that really translates well to to sort of the modern era where we are with with superhero movies and what I want to see and I'll this is the last thing we'll talk about with superhero movies I want to see th- that graduate into the more Logan-esque the more Kurosawa, the more Leone, the more deeper sort of darker, uh, you know, Western period. I think that's where superhero movies have a chance to really thrive is one actual filmmaker who comes in, who takes the genre by its horns and and really makes it makes a big change, big difference. So um, it's like, I just always think about when we're doing these episodes, like we review old movies it's like some old guy who's like, oh, I've seen Stagecoach, and the first 20 minutes of our episode is like, let's talk about Marvel. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's so, it's so dumb. This is your fault, Tim. <laughs> it's always Marvel, never DC. Well, so let's let's talk about Stage... Well, actually, let's before we talk about Stagecoach, let's talk about um, The Great Train Robbery. Plot. Let's um, do some plot. What is... So your... Um, conception of sort of older movies it was funny what, what you know getting your take on these on um, how bad b- both of them looked but specifically the great train robbery you know, shot on um, papyrus how how it looked really you know very uh terrible for the time but also you know that was just their, their technology it was 1903 isaac i mean come on um but so wh- what did you think about when when you were watching The Great Train Robbery? Um, like, what was your takeaway from that sort of small little action set piece? Well, yeah, I mean, the, again, this movie was made in 1903, as we mentioned, and just instantly, like, shocked by the fact that Thomas Edison's name is on a movie. Like, <laughs> I just, I genuinely was like, what? You didn't know he made, he literally invented the movie camera. No, like, I just... It just it didn't it didn't click right. I was like, oh, he made light bulbs. That's about he's smart. No, he made everything. He made you know? so much. He it stole just, a lot. Yeah, I don't but, like Thomas Edison. I mean, fine. You know, 
you got your own opinions about Tom and Thomas Edison, Tim, whatever. But the <laughs> fact that I watched a movie with his name on it, it's like, stunning. I don't know. It's just pretty, pretty shocking. You know, sure. um, I thought that this movie was a nice clip that belongs in a history museum, I guess. Sure. Um, it's dirty. The plot is just these guys rob a train and then they get gunned down and that's about it, right? Like it's 10 minutes long. You can watch it on YouTube. And yeah. I think if you're interested in something like this, I mean, you maybe you've already seen it or you can go explore it yourself, right? Um, not a huge commitment. I mentioned it felt a little long, right? But it's, <laughs> old. I mean, it's, it's, it's old. So I was just kind of like, what is this? You know, it's silent. There's, there is some fun action in it. I just, I don't know. It didn't feel as um, mature as like maybe some of the slapstick that Charlie Chaplin was doing in his silent era, right? Sure. Um, it's so early on. So that alone is just kind of the intrigue and, and the purpose of maybe exploring something like this. But. You got to think this is like the the Atari 2600 era and like Stagecoach is like is like the PS2, PS3, uh, you yeah. know? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know, like, it's, I I don't know if I would compare it that, that directly, because I, I play a lot of video games. I feel like, yeah, I, yeah, I think, uh, maybe you're right, Atari. I, it's just strange, because, like, in that era of video games going, right, like, you can play an NES or Super Nintendo and have a great experience. Sure, that's, then, like, I would say that's, like, in the 20s and 30s, right. like, that's that's where it gets. But Wait. then you hit, like, that N64, which is brutal to even try to sit through <laughs> that, any sort of game in the N64 era, or the PlayStation 1, right? So, when you're going this far back, yeah, does anyone want to go back and play Adventure on Atari 2600? Probably not, not but it's really. almost just like that it's that staple piece. Like you're just like, I just wanted to say that I, I know it for the hardcore. They just want to say they clicked the button and tried the joystick once and try So I don't know this, this movie, I don't feel like there's much to say about it besides it's old. It's really old. If you want to see it, go see it. I don't know. What do you like Tim? That was your first yeah. time seeing it too. Yeah, right? First time. A couple of days ago, I was listening to a, a different podcast. I won't say the name, but you were doing uh, what? <laughs> you can say their name. It's no, fine. Plug the a watch from the Ringer. Yeah, okay. say their name. Sean Fantasy. Why don't you just plug it again? Come on. The watch, the Ringer. Uh, anyways, they're talking about westerns, and he mentioned that the great, the great uh, train robbery was the first western kind of which created the identity around the westerns. A little bit, S- sort of. And yeah, so there tried- was another earlier western, but sort of. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I tried to look at it from that perspective of the trademarks of the Western. F- and so I mm-hmm. I see a little bit here and there, even though, as Isaac was saying, it felt very like an Atari, very old. Yeah. But th- yeah. there was some um, characteristics of the feature films, which I, I'm not sure if I appreciate it, but okay, like I'm happy I saw it once. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's why I wanted to show you guys was because there's there's something interesting about going back and seeing sort of Almost like the genesis of of where these things came from, um, not the Sega Genesis. Pun intended. The, uh, no, uh, it, it, there's there's something interesting about seeing sort of where these ideas flourished from and how they were utilized in that 
uh, back in the day. At least I find it interesting. I know it's this like, is like know, super super esoteric and not that interesting. It's like but... seeing the first wheel ever, you know? <laughs> like, it's a wheel. Like, it's not going to impress you. But then, like... <laughs> but then like, you think about it and you're like, like, oh, wait, this is actually the first wheel? Yeah, like, that's cool. You, you watch Stagecoach and, oh, they invented the tire to go on the wheel, but it's like, what whatever <laughs> i don't know like yeah yeah no i i think that's i think that's fair um because i've watched the great train robbery uh, robbery probably like five times in every <laughs> film class every film history class that i've ever seen yeah. so so it was like you know it was like this was a thing that you you watch over and over again it's 10 minutes long it's easy to 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 just sit through so it's not Did it's not that big a deal but what were you gonna say? Did they say all the same thing about the analysis, or they all different classes had different perspectives? No, the analysis is there's ooh there's you know there's jump cuts ooh there's nonlinear editing like that's that's, that's the it. that's that's the analysis basically okay. so like and that's interesting that actually is interesting because it's the first example of of when you know these ideas were implemented and so you know how that that affects the you know, the rest of a film history is actually really important. Like there's language that was invented in that movie that has carried on from, uh, in the same way that like, you know, um, birth of a nation, like as controversial as that movie is, I guess, but like that invented a lot of the format of the feature film. And so like, there's, there's importance in seeing something like that, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's important to see, but it's important to to recognize like that's that's where a lot of the language of film comes from. Um, so that I guess that's that's all I re I really want to say about that. You know, that first film is not only is it important in in the way that that westerns look in in media, but Im important in the way that it kind of informs film uh, for the rest of you know the next hundred fifty years or whatever. So. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting to go back and look at, but, uh, I do want to talk mostly about stagecoach. I know we're probably, you know, halfway through this podcast, okay. but it's um, feeling good. I, I like the pace of this stagecoach, um, is an interesting example of where a genre, you know, hits its. So as I mentioned in, in sort of the last podcast, um, the Western was, had phases um, where it dipped in and out of a popular culture. And this was the start of the next phase of the Western. And it was the John Ford, John Wayne part of, you know, the, the Western genre. So um, Stagecoach was sort of the, the, the bang onto the scene in this, in this era um, and I think you see s some of that uh, in this movie. You get a little bit more in Red River, I think. Um, you get a, l a little bit more of the sort of classic John Wayne, classic um, sort of characterization and like strength of that character mm. um, and and strength of, of John Wayne as an actor. Um, but I think this movie really sets the stage for what we're going to see um, throughout the rest of the genre as we kind of explore it lightly. Um, now, is this, is Stagecoach more like, you know, 1990s Batman, like X-Men, Spider-Man, or like, is it, would you consider it more like the 
Iron Man phase of superheroes. You know? I would like the Howard the Duck. Wow, no, I don't know about that. No, no, I th- I actually think Iron Man probably is a good example of of what it was. If we're if we're talking the modern conception of the superhero movie, I think this would be like the Iron Man. Yeah, because there is something you know. You think about Iron Man as a movie. There's a ton of iconic moments, and there's there's a lot of setup, and then there's the exciting payoff of. You know, the escape from the cave and the suit and the adventure of like, you know, flying around as Iron Man and all that. Where this movie's like long it has that long setup and then that epic scene, right? This epic, like it's almost like you've just been waiting for the stagecoach combat scene is just yeah. amazing. It's awesome. It totally captured us all in this room when we were watching it together. We were like, whoa, this is like what we've been waiting for. And then that awkward, you know, less engaging, kind of confusing, but still resolving conclusion. Yeah. I feel like, cause I definitely think I'm, I'm not trying to compare it like completely apples. Apples are very different movies, but like, you know, Iron Man's ending with, you know, Obadiah. And the, <laughs> it's like, it's a yeah, weird, I mean, yeah. like it, it, it lands where it needs to land, but the same way in this movie where it's like, you were waiting for that. I mean, the movie's called Stagecoach. You're waiting for that exciting moment. And my goodness, is it, it, it's like it's striking fire. It's it's uh, yeah. It's what you're there for. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. I I think it's a it's a good comparison because um this is you know this isn't like the earliest example mm-hmm. of of the western. Obviously, like there, John Ford had been making westerns throughout the silent era. There was an established language. There was you know you can tell that these are like you know th- these are the the sort of refinements of of the genre in some ways um you can tell there's there's some sort of aesthetic of the of the western genre for sure um and and even you know comparing it to a movie like um that had been maybe inspired by this movie like the hateful eight or that had been sort of looking at the aesthetic of this movie, like you can see that there's, there's important things that this movie kind of set up, um, in the Western genre, important, um, not tropes, but just aesthetic, um, elements that, that this movie, um, has going for it. Uh, the fact that it's, it's set in Monument Valley, um, that there's this, I don't know. There's there's just this this aura around it of of being you know a quintessential western, um, but at the same time, I think you're right that there's there's something maybe a little bit more simple about this movie, a little bit more sort of um, I I guess like maybe just pure uh, mm. in in the way that it it lays out its its heroes, it lays out its villains. Um, it's very kind of simplistic in its nature. Um, but at the same time, I think there is actually some depth in in the way that it portrays sort of um, John Wayne as this kind of um, rugged, uh, working man, kind of a troublemaker, kind of someone who's, who's on the wrong side of the law, but also a very likable character. Um, not someone who you're, you know, you're not rooting that he goes back to jail, you know, like the whole movie is about him, him sort of escaping his, his fate in some ways, but, um, you, you want him to, you know, like you don't really know what he, what he's done to get to, to be in jail. But, um, 
you you're rooting for him at the same time and and i think there's there's complexity in the fact that um he's a um he's just a charismatic guy yeah he's just a charismatic character someone who has this this instant screen appeal um and even though he's kind of a bad guy not really a bad guy in anything that you see but he's you know he's kind of set up to be a bad guy um you you're rooting for him so there is com- there is that sort of duality and that complexity there um that's already established within the western in this very early stage yeah um tim where you where are you going to say anything you kind of mentioned it right, right now but i was going to say that as soon as he appears on screen he has that charm the camera focuses on him and then even throughout the as we watch the commentary, he had that charm or his te- his smile was wide, yeah. his wide and yeah. very similar. Yeah, he's he definitely steals the show from the moment that you see him. There's that zoom, like you're saying, and he spins the gun and he just yeah, he's I mean, come on, like it's John Wayne. And it's, and, and, and what's awesome is that he like lives up to the name in that moment. A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't deny him. Like it's uh it, you gotta love him, you know? There's something where you're like you're like, okay, that might come off as cheap. If you if I just described that sequence to you, it might just come off as cheesy. But we were all just like we were focused. That's we were captivated. Guy. Yeah. We're like, this is John Wayne. Yeah. You know, like he he has this um, like I said, just this screen appeal. You know, like there's something about him that that draws you, it draws your attention, draws your eye. Um and I like I think we'll see as sort of his career goes along. I guess I'll talk about sort of this in the bridge towards the next movie that we're going to watch, which is the searchers um, where he has. And I think John Ford has a, a, a thought process about him as sort of the, the Western folk hero where he becomes less and less that character. He becomes Mm. less and less that sort of iconic uh, powerful masculine character and instead he becomes someone who is um almost looked at as a bit outdated a bit um a bit sad a bit in this way that that sort of we've moved on from from that mm. from that point of view well we, yeah i mean we've you moved see, on from that character you see it a lot in red river actually yes uh, it's yeah. starting to form and i think that was a great introduction to him and hawks sort of that middle career point but it's fun to see him like full of life and kind of playing the cheesy dumb single role right i in i i know we're hitting on the superhero thing but like i think that flat kind of single note fun side of the characters is introduced early and then as you go further and Superheroes group, they're rounded out. They become much more introspective, cynical, right? There's there's a, almost a a bad side to the heroes that you loved in, in yeah. some ways, right? And I I don't know if that's just like an evolution of of the genre or whatnot, but um Tim, you wanna give a little bit of like a summary of what this movie's about? You don't have to go full in detail, but like kind of just I mean, you can probably guess from the name, but like what what's the driving factor and how John Wayne's involved in, in the plot and all that? 
yeah, because I'm, I'm assuming most people haven't seen this movie. <laughs> That's just my thought. Sure, <laughs> you have helped me because, like, it's in the commentary. We kind of popped it in and out of the movie, but yeah, it seems like they're they're traveling somewhere, and they I guess they don't want to be attacked by the Indians. If, yeah, yeah, and then I guess they meet John uh, John Wayne quicker in the scene than they anticipated. Yeah, I think he was he was sort of supposed to be on the run anyways mm-hmm. um but or he was supposed to be on this carriage anyways but he was he was in jail and then he escaped from jail and they they met him on the road um and then they picked him up they went to a a bar or a little house a little cabin yeah, there's another cabin. cabin yeah so they're there for a couple a day or two i assume yeah, as days. as the woman is, you know, secretly Giving, pregnant, she gives birth to a baby. Um, there's a there's a doctor on board, and and then, um, you know, they're trying to figure out like what should they do? Should they turn back, or should they go uh, you know, forward? Even though there's a danger without without the army, uh, you know, uh, or without the escort of the army, as they um, split early in the movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So it's following a stagecoach, a bunch of wild characters on this adventure. They're trying to get to this town, and there's a warning of Apache. The army abandons them. They have rough, tough John Wayne, and they're trying to find the way there. And that, you know, obviously they're they're gonna run into trouble eventually. And John Wayne's a wanted man at the same time as being this valorant, rugged uh, hope for their protection while the military has ditched them. So I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward, but it's the the plot is. Easy enough to fall in and out of, I think is probably the best way uh, to to put it. As we were discussing over over the movie, and um, yeah, it's not like the most engaging thing, but it serves its purpose well, especially to set up for the conflict with the Apaches and the stagecoach running. Can we just talk about that action scene for a little bit? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think you know when we saw it, we just I felt like this heart and spirit of so many great chase scenes in action movies whether it's a car chase um you know we mentioned mad max fury road where they have, they're driving that big tanker they're driving this big stage coach and there's all these enemies pouring behind them in a desert scene so it's like very similar to that there's the there's the intensity of that happening um and i was mentioning on the commentary track right like just how i i love scenes where they're like trying to hold together the ship or the boat or the you know starcraft or the car, right? And there, this there's this band of heroes that is like, you know, kind of cranking away and shooting out the side guns. Whether it's like the Millennium Falcon or the Enterprise or you know the Mad Max tanker, like there's just something lovable about that that setting where they're they're holding on to dear life and there's just overwhelming odds. I just the scene is what you're there for. Yeah, and um, it's super exciting. Besides the horse abuse, which we <laughs> yeah, can talk about so, a little which bit, which is so terrible. But but it it also adds another layer, I would say, mm. into watching the movie. Um, not that I approve or you know condone any of that uh, it, it animal abuse specifically. But uh, but the the fact, I mean, th- there is something more intense about the fact that you know that not not just the horses, but you know that. Every action scene is done on a real, you know, like these wides are done on on the real desert, you know, going that fast. They're actually doing this, you know, when the guy is like, he's like underneath the carriage and he and he like goes underneath. You know, it's insane. Like there's so much there's so much in this in this movie that is like 
is like actually the action like is worth it and makes makes a whole lot of of like it bridges the gap between just being like oh it's an all right western and then being like oh this is like this is something yeah. interesting. This is like something. Horses are flying. People are flying. Like it's <laughs> the, crazy. There's a the part you're referencing is there's a moment where an Apache jumps on the front horse of the of the coach, right? Yeah. And think like Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's at the front of the car. Yeah, that's, except there's it's no, exactly there, that. There's no yeah. special effects. This guy like pretends to get shot a few times. But you look at him and he's trying to position himself to fall without getting trampled by the horses and fall under the carriage <laughs> yeah. and out. And he does. But it's like, dude, this guy's like trying to act like he's getting shot, but he's really trying to figure out like if he's going to die. You know, like it's crazy. It's it, absolutely it's, crazy. It's nuts. I mean, there's and then, um, you know, like even the fact that he's like jumping on the on the horses and then John Wayne as he I mean, I don't think he's he's actually doing it but but as his stunt double is like jumping from the carriage yeah. onto the horses you know and, and then he peels off like it's 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 pretty sick like it's actually like really really well done really fun like i i don't know i love it um that that's like if you were gonna show a class like if you if you had like a a, a class that you had like a couple weeks to do a western um month or whatever you know like this is that set piece is what you show them for sure totally speaking of that um is it this westerns or or mini movies where they create a scene and then they focus the whole movie around that like for the for the stagecoach that seems like that the the big bunny piece like how often is that where they think of a scene and then they Create it's it almost like, like price of admission, like the title, right? You think yeah. of the Titanic, like what are you expecting to see? You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. Is that yeah. pretty common for uh, Western movies? I feel like, um, or in general, I don't know. I because I I kind of feel like that's um, that's something that happens in in like action movies. I think that's kind of the the big draw of of the action movie genre. And I think Westerns kind of fit really well in the, in the action movie genre. So, um, obviously they're like maybe a sub genre of that, but, um, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's definitely movies, you know, even like star Wars, you know, just the name of the movie. Like what is, what is the, what is the draw of star Wars? It's, you know, to watch people fight in space. Like that's, so like that's kind of the draw and like the the um uh, you know the blowing up of uh, the death star is like that's where you that's why you're here you know that action's happy. So I don't know. I think I think a lot of movies kind of do that similarly. Um and just action movies in general. So Yeah, but I think Tim's on to something where he's where where you're saying like some movies do focus on like this singular event. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's like honestly that's why I was thinking of Mad Max the entire yeah, movie yeah, yeah. like revolves around that tanker and you find out with pretty, like a guitar guy yeah you find out pretty pretty early on that that sem- the semi-truck caravan thing is like that's the movie like right, that that right, right. like that journey and whatnot that's where it's at so i mean yeah it 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 definitely overshadowed that scene overshadows the rest of the film for sure in, yeah. a, in a pretty heavy way and it takes a while to get to that moment where you're bought in you know some of the characters have charm like 
Um, the doctor who's always drunk is pretty fun. Um, the guy that sounds like Winnie the Pooh that rides shotgun is, or the the driver. You know, he's yeah, he's fun. And there's a, there's some good commentary in there about classism, right? Or, or like the difference between like you know rich and or the working man uh, that I, I'm assuming could be impactful for people of, of that time. And you know, I I I think just overall though. It's still early in westerns, and I don't. And I like the way you put it, Cameron. You set it up well. Like I don't, I don't want to give it the full like apologetic sort of approach where I'm like, you know, it's, I it should be forgiven because it's early on, right? Iron Man One is not a perfect movie, but it's still like important to me. Who like I yeah, grew up yeah, in, yeah. in the superhero age. Even people who haven't seen the Marvel movies have seen Iron Man, the first one, right? And it's like, I don't know, like I, I do sort of want to be a little bit apologetic for this movie. And it's not because I love it and I think you should go out and watch it right away. I just, I, the way you set it up with the context, right? And even seeing the great train robbery, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it could be worse, right? When we're watching Stagecoach afterwards. Um, it's... It's cool, and you know, John, like John Wayne, it's him. You know, it's him. Like you get to to see him in in that prime moment. It's hard to hate on this film. Um, it's not too long either. It's thank, an hour and a half. Thank I mean, goodness, super super consumable. Yeah. yeah, and overall, you know, just as a casual viewer, it's like I come with a bias of wanting to enjoy westerns. I think mm. I don't think that this movie is for everyone. And I really even think if you're a casual, you don't need to watch it. Like for me, it's like, you got to be curious and ready. I think there are other Westerns that are like must sees. Yeah. And I I haven't seen a ton, but like for me, I think about like, would I rather watch Stagecoach or like Tombstone, you know, like, come on. Right. Like I'm not going to, sure. I'd rather watch Tombstone than, than Stagecoach, but I can respect it for what it is. It's not like it didn't blow me out of the water, but man, like seriously, when we watch that stage court scene, I'm like, this is like bumping it up. Like I feel way more positive about this film because of how wild that is. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Tim, what did you like? What, what did you think? Cause all, this are all of us, our first time watching it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always, I've seen the stagecoach oh, okay. sequence, but, um, it was my first time watching it all the way through. Yeah. Tim, your take just. Uh, first viewing like where do you feel people need to do people need to see this movie do people like or is it just kind of one of those historical staples is it the iron man one of westerns or is it more like the x-men one of western i don't know like to in your brain a couple of things i think it's kind of in between a little bit of x-men one and iron man iron man one yeah where it's a little bit of introductionary but i wouldn't say that it's the best of the best, but it's important to at least see the highlights of the film. As you're talking about the the chase in the desert. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in maybe a little bit more for the more for the beginners, a little bit curious. Yeah. Where I wouldn't show that to the first thing for a a Western movie. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely important for the the grand arc of this cinema. Yeah. 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 I, d- I don't think it caught me the same way Red River did. 
where no, I, and I think I think Red River is kind of almost a little bit cheating too, yeah, because totally because Red River is, is like refined in a lot of ways, you know, like like it's a it's a genre in, it's it's like I don't know it's like a genre in in its prime, mm-hmm. um, you know, with John Wayne as sort of this this sort of complex character, it's got so much depth. It's like it's it's really it's it like it spoils you as a movie, you yeah, know, like yeah. it, it really makes you feel um, a lot and and yeah, and I think this movie has has trappings of that has sort of the the beginnings of what makes Red River so good, um, and then but but it doesn't quite. It, it's 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 just not there yet. It's just so um, it's it's so in the in the early stages of of what makes that sort of genre um, good. And and I think I think it's totally fine to say like you know it's 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 all right. It's it's good. You know, there's some there's some good things about it, and um, I enjoyed certain sequences. But for the most part, like. Um, you know, it shows its age and I think it, I think it does. Um, but I would say, yeah, for the curious, like it's good to go back to, um, I would say everybody can watch that, that, you know, the stagecoach sequence, um, watch it, you know, don't just like look it up on YouTube or whatever, like watch it as if you were watching the movie, you know, watch it on TV, I would say Hmm. personally, Hmm. but, um, there's like, I think there's, for me, there's more stakes when you watch something like when you're intending to watch it as a movie almost um versus on your phone yeah versus on your phone like don't don't do that that's how i like to watch stuff on my i know phone. you do yeah, but like but there's there is something better about watching something even you know i don't have the biggest tv in the world but even just watching it with good sound with yeah. you know with you know as a on a a bigger screen like it makes a difference i would say yeah one more question for you. you yeah. As we were watching the uh, the video, you said that John Ford didn't trust John Wayne all the way in the beginning. Yeah. Why is that? Because even though they work with each other. Um. Yeah. So so he always cast him before Red River. Actually, he always cast him as sort of the, you know, like you see in this character. He's a very very simple. Doesn't give him that many lines doesn't give him that many sort of it's not it's almost like yeah yeah it's almost just like a uh not as much room as an actor to mess up i guess and and i think i think part of it is that he didn't trust him but part of it is that he was you know he didn't prove himself as an actor at that point um and then after red river you know he said like basically like he can he can he can act like he can actually like <laughs> do a really good job so i'm going to trust him with with more nuanced characters okay. um and so it was it was basically just a um a proof kind of thing like he, he it's not that he he didn't like his acting it's that he just didn't trust him to do anything deeper than than what he was giving him is that kind of common with directors and actors I think probably for the era because um there at that time you know you got to remember like actors were were not necessarily the director's choice they were the the Studio. studios so 
um, a lot of times it was it was you know determined who was going to be in a film. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that was the case in you know uh, with John Ford movies. I think they had a special relationship for sure. But um, there was a little bit of like you know you couldn't go out and get whatever actor you wanted basically. So like okay. it, it was limited in this in this era for sure. Okay, so cool. Cameron, is there anything else we're going to talk about Stagecoach? I know we gave a lot of background for Westerns and anything like that. Um, shot of the film or anything? You want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I do love the look of that end, um, you know, that end gunfight. I think it's, like, super iconic for, for Westerns. Um, I love just, I love just kind of that, like, that night gunfight. You yeah, know, aesthetic. Like, there's something, there's something really like eerie and and fun about it. Um, I love the shot of them going over the river. Um, yeah, on when the back the of horses that. sink a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's a shot where the yeah they cross the river with the stagecoach and the cameraman is on top of the coach. Wow. But I I think, I think the best or the most impressive shot of the movie, for me, is that GoPro shot underneath the. Um, when the underneath the, the carriage, oh, which is yeah. insane. There's a lot of stuff going in the stagecoach scene. If we haven't talked about it enough, but there is Cameron's talking about. There's a scene where the camera is below the horse's feet, and there's just tons of horses running. Like, I don't even know how. What are the horses <laughs> jumping over the camera or something? Like, it's I don't even I have no idea how how they did it. Um, there was a scene that I wanted to mention that I I called out in the commentary track. Where John Wayne is talking to the like cross-eyed uh, Mexican guy, or not cross-eyed, but like he's got like the um, lazy, eye. yeah, the lazy eye, and and um, they're like standing in this like hallway, and the lighting is just really cool. Yeah, it's probably one of the cleanest shots in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny when you watch these old films; they have a lot of dirt and grime on the lenses and whatnot. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's just it's interesting for sure. Tim, do you have a shot of the film, or you just you like the stagecoach crossing the river? I, probably that was the highest. Yeah, there there wasn't that many shots that stood out to me here mm. that I should be aware of. There might be for cinephiles or cinematographers or like like Cameron. Yeah, but I think overall, the two shots was either the horse jumping over the camera or them going to the the, the water. Let's say a new Panasonic is uh down on the ground with the horses, Cameron. How you feel? Is that pretty difficult, Sean, <laughs> for back then? Oh, for that time, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I mean, <laughs> they would have to tr- entrust that the horses are going to run straight and not just trample the camera. Yeah, you got to. I mean, like, for, not ex- for that time. I mean, for any time. Like, was that expensive or was that more? No, it was just that they were. They were. You know, like they probably just set it down and um, hope for the best. They. They pro. I would assume that they set it down right. You know, like. I, I I actually don't know how they did it. I don't know. How they it's they it's crazy. Maybe, yeah, they might have dug a hole. Oh, a glass or something? Maybe. But yeah, I mean, could be. It's like just a guy bed. standing in a hole like it's like a human si- like six I foot don't hole. think I don't think a a person was operating that. I, is my guess. Yeah. So. Okay. Nowadays like they use I mean, I actually learned this um cuz I'm I shoot a lot of things like on more budget friendly film cameras right and black magic's known for that but i learned that um they use a lot of like the last generation black magic cameras or small micro cameras and car crashes for movie scenes like in mission impossible or the avengers they just put them on the dashboard they're called like like 
just junker dashboard cameras and they smash these cars and the cameras go flying and whatnot. Yeah, you know, that's what the red Komodo was designed for. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's what that that's what that camera was actually designed for. Oh. Was to be a crash cam. Yeah, so like uh, the, I guess a lot of people use like the Blackmagic micro cam. Yeah. Like it's just a yeah, square. Yeah. It's like a tiny square. There's yeah, nothing little, on it. Little body with a lens. Yeah, yeah it has sure. a lens cap and nothing else. So yeah. you can't even you can't even see what you're filming. They just put it down and they're like, "Yeah, I think that's good." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, Interesting introduction into our Western Month, Cameron. Do you want to talk a little bit about where we're going as we conclude? Any last thoughts on Stagecoach? Anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is kind of the classic, the quintessential period of of the Western. Um, and I think when we – it was good that we did Red River because then you saw sort of like the midpoint of the Western genre. And then next week we're going to watch sort of the end of the classical era um, and – sort of the almost a reflection piece on um on you know where the western maybe made mistakes where the western genre made mistakes where it kind of overestimated uh in in places and mm. i think it's going to be an interesting conversation um and then after that we're going to go into the regeneration of the western genre that it takes from sort of eastern influences um we're going to see where sort of the um where the period shifts where it kind of uh gets a little more zany gets a little more not not zany i guess but gets a little more um uh out there and um, different than what it was makes the the good guys a little more like bad guys, um, and so I'm excited to see what you think about mm. about sort of this this next era um, of of film, and then we're gonna probably look into some modern modern westerns. Voted on by our patrons. Yes. Again, if you want to be a part of that vote, patreon.com/slash ECFS Productions. Suck it, Juzo. Shilling all episode. I don't yeah. care. Whatever, man. Any closing thoughts, Tim? No, I think it's a good start. I'm not sure where. No, I'm not sure where it'll end. But I'm curious: is it one month or two months? That, or is it important enough to focus two months? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Isaac? I think we'll do a month. I I do want to get back. I mean, doing the monthly themes is fun on the podcast. But as we introduce more of more filmmakers, more themes, right? It would be fun to explore. Like, like doing something like this Western month would almost have benefited Howard Hawks's debut into the Western genre uh, with Red River, which I still loved. I recommended to everybody, right? Um, but it will be neat. Like, uh, not that I know anything about filmmakers too well. I'm not an expert on it. But if, you know, Wes Anderson had a, a Western movie, right? which I don't know if he does or not. It's just a name I know. Okay. Um, but let's say he had one, and I have the context of a little bit of West, the history of Westerns, right? Like, I can appreciate that more as sure, our experiment sure, sure. continues, right? Exploring some genre. Like, we went through some sci-fi, and now I feel like watching a sci-fi movie, I have a little bit more context on that. Um, and, and it, you know, like, we're picking pretty, pretty big genres we might revisit westerns again for another month i'm oh, sure we're gonna do another 100%. horror month too, i think but. we'll do oh yeah we'll do horror yeah. again um we'll 
I would love to do just specifically like spaghetti westerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, like th- there's definitely room to to explore the genre. That's the thing with all these genres. I'm just picking four movies and and we're kind of going through a path, like a loose, very loose path of of what could could be shown in these movies. You know, even with with Wilder, like you got a pretty good um, experience of like what you know what he's he's seen but like there's so many more that you could watch yeah and like uh, hawks like i almost wish we did more on hawks like mm. i i kind of like i want a little bit like i i think like maybe six weeks is probably <laughs> like what you should do with hawks. keep bringing him in you know Filter I, him in definitely, with some stuff. I definitely will but um but like f- so Anyways, for for me, like westerns, we're gonna revisit for sure. Um, maybe not next month necessarily, but um, it's a genre that I'm passionate about, that I love, yeah. uh, that I think a lot about, and I I think actually has a lot of relevance to the modern era. So um, you know, it's something that I that I c- continue to draw back on personally. So um, I will I will for sure be showing him more maybe we'll do just a, a leone month um well, that would be fun, be fun. i don't yeah. even know who he is so yeah. well, cool. well you'll you will know you will, you'll find just... out <laughs> and I, the last thing for me a couple recommendations is zilda a florida movie about two strippers i think they kill their what a couple of recommendations like this came out in theaters what's what's the movie called zola it came out 824 oh, okay. i think they have some is tri- it good from what I heard, it's pretty good. It's an oh, you haven't house. seen it. I haven't seen it. And then, how about we recommend movies we've seen? No, one more. <laughs> it's um, No Sudden Move by Steve uh, Steven Soderbergh came out today. Yeah, I, and then I the, was I was gonna see it, but and I then the know. Sparks Brothers documentary by Edgar Wright about the six the sixties seventies brothers folk band came out a couple of weeks ago. So mm. okay, yeah. So this is Western Month. Oh, sorry, I know. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> this is my recommendations that I've heard. Good stuff. All right, right, yeah. I think it's time to wrap it up. We got to get back. Uh, These are other people's yeah. recommendations that yeah, I homeless just, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just heard prostitutes, so that's yeah. all. I'm he's in. just, he's just <laughs> screaming, <laughs> just screaming things he heard on uh, wherever he found it. All I'm right. educated. Yeah, so you know we're together in person. It's different. Um, we post every Monday. If you want to support us, Patreon.com/slash/ECFSProductions. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. We're excited to keep doing the Western Month. Give me a yeehaw, Cameron. Yeehaw! Let's close it out. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one. Thank you.